Hi, welcome to What the Health, a different kind of podcast from the original Prevention Network at EHE Health. It's Joy Altamara here. In each episode, I'm going to be your host, and I'm going to welcome leaders from diverse fields to explore why women have such frustrating experiences with healthcare. And what can we really do to make real change? It's the only podcast that explores the full scope of these issues, and I hope in depth and from all angles, amplifying the voices of women whose interactions with the system has led them to exclaim, what the hell? So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, it's Joy Altamari. Welcome to What the Health. Today, we're going to talk about all the important things around healthcare and the more important LGBTQ plus community. We're going to talk a little bit about what, what is it like as an employer to think through the lens of their needs. We're going to talk a lot about healthcare and what we should be doing to make sure we prepare for not only that, that community, but our healthcare providers to serve that community. And then we're going to have some fun with my friend Robin Streisand, who is the dual founder and CEO of Titanium Worldwide and The Mix. So again, welcome to What the Health. I'm your host, Joy Altamari, Chief Revenue Officer at EG Health. And I'm so happy to have my friend Robin Streisand here. Hi, Robin. Hi, Joy. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Traffic and all. And New York <laughs> City is back at it. If it has, if you didn't think New York was back, I think this week, the last two weeks, it's completely back. Number one, horrible weather in spring. So that's New York. And traffic. And oh, the, my God. The horns. The horns and the blowing. It all came back suddenly. It's yeah. like we and and the crazy thing is we're seeing a surge of sorts of of COVID again, but thank goodness we're vaccinated and boosted, so we have protection. But it's kind of it's kind of weird to have New York back busy because there was so long it was anywhere at any time because no one was going out. So having to wait for reservations for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I was trying to get reservations at that new place Genesis in yes. packing. Yes. Three weeks, three week wait for the weekend. I hook you up. Girl. Okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, it is a little weird to see people back, but it's also encouraging, especially yeah. we're in Rockefeller Center right now. So the heart of New York, having people back, having people eat out, having families, having tourists, roller skating, roller skating, yes, right? It's like the Roxy yeah. from 18th Street to Roxy. I'm afraid to roller skate over here because. I don't, I mean, the ice is still there, right? Because that's where the ice came. Wait, but you're not afraid of it, anything. I, I know. Mean, I shouldn't be afraid of it. I just am like, I don't want to fall. I, there's a lot to fall now. <laughs> it's not like when I was 12. Anyway, Robin, thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about Titanium Worldwide and the mix and your, yes. and you found it. I mean, you're a dual founder. That yeah. is like two heads. Yes. Two brains. Or eight heads. Or <laughs> eight heads. Eight, eight brains. So The Mix is a creative agency. We've been serving all kinds of Fortune 500 brands, and we just celebrated our 26th Yay! year. Woo! And really about 10 years ago, I, I saw like front and center the need for more than just creative and strategy. Right. And... I come from the model of boutique is better, right? Mm -hmm. It's hands-on, type A, and but the need for a more enterprise-wide offering became like, oh my God, that's what clients want. And, right. You know, everything is in a 10-year cycle. We zig, we zag. And before you know it, here we're ideating and inventing kind of like the holding company of the future. Yep. 
And also at the heart of the mix, and now Titanium Worldwide, diversity, equity, and inclusion has been our DNA, our heart and Pioneers. soul. It's way before it was a thing. We were like bringing this on about communicating to the underserved. And so one of the foundational components of titanium, which I think is why we are just like so on fire right now, (laughs) is because titanium is a makeup of independent agencies covering everything from marketing, media, and comms that have come together to service Fortune 500 brands. And the thing that binds us, our through line, is that we are all minority owned and operated. Hallelujah. So diversity is our business strategy. It's who we are. It's what we stand for. And as it relates to every industry, whether it's financial services, retail, B2B, B2C, pharma, healthcare, women, it matters to us. These are very important issues and topics. And we have a point of view and a voice and something to say about all of them. Yeah. And you're, I think what I love the most when we met, not only that are you passionate about DE&I, but you are an expert in, in searching for the truth. Yeah. Like what is the truth behind X, Y, or Z? It's not trendy. Like I, like you, when you talk about being in this business for 26 years, you really are the pioneer around the concept of inclus- inclusivity and equality or equity. That's what the E stands for, not equality. There's two different words, meaning two different things. We can get into it later, but you really are the pioneer behind it. And one of the things that I love the most is, you know, this podcast is really trying to talk about what's going on in female health and really this world that we live in that isn't equitable from an access perspective or even a conscious level of how physicians deal with us. But when we talk about the LGBTQ plus community, it's almost like it's compounded, right? So you could have members of any race, a part of that community. Any gender. Any gender. Yep. And so now the healthcare issues or the healthcare, healthcare concerns are compounded. They're more complex. And typically people run away from complexity. They want it to fit in a box. Yep. And it doesn't. And I think the same comes true with marketing, right? Yeah. When we're talking about why is there a need for titanium, why, why titanium must exist is because we're not monolithic. That's right. And so talk to us a little bit about how you talk to employers when they're thinking about, we're going to talk about the campaigns they do externally first, but talk about how do you advise employers when they're thinking about creating moments of belonging or inclusive working environments? Well, the truth is, is that a lot of people talk a lot about it. Yep. Right. And it's really more about what they do with mm-hmm. what we talk about. And so I think lots of times we're always at the very early stage, educating people, trying to advise like of a, a crawl, walk, run mentality. Yep. And there's no two companies that are alike, exactly. right? It's from the top down. It's from the left, the right. And there's no organizational structure. And, you know, as much as I'd like to think or hope that in some way, shape or form there would be mm-hmm a way that we could build a replicatable model that could work for everybody when it comes to DEI. And then on top of that ESG, and then on top of that, I would say the overall like true North is the B Corp certification, which by the way, the mix just got (laughs) last Friday. Yes. Took 18 months, but we are on the way forward. And so I'd say in the past two years, there there has been the silver lining piece of COVID. Right. Really. And people are awoke. Yeah. Call it for the right reason, the wrong reason, a good reason, a bad reason. I, 
I'm not one to judge or say. And we've had more opportunities to step into a company to talk about how it's communicating internally, first and foremost, and how it's talking externally. And, you know, there's been a couple boxes checked off, surprisingly (laughs) so. And so I think it's all in the spirit of progress and moving forward. And I think that we have a lot of work to do. We're yeah. not done yet. We're not done yet. And when I look across the spectrum to what you said earlier, which I think really resonates with me so much, is that it's not just about what race or what color you are. Right. The gender piece is a hot topic. Yep. And so now one of the titanium agencies, the Fluid Project, they were actually the first ever retail store to offer gender non-conforming a line of clothing and products and all kinds of um, merchandise that were for the community, by the community. And that was five years ago. So again, ahead of my time, identifying and finding like reasons and people and places that are really pioneering this new world in which we live in. And so now fluid has evolved because of COVID, of course, and they don't, they do not any longer have their retail store physically, but their e-commerce platform has blown up. Right. And also the community is more alive than ever. And they, are raising their hand. They're saying, we're here, we're queer, we're they, them, yes. and everything that goes along with it. And, you know, I'd say most people in corporate America are really being called to the mat. I agree. And they don't know what to do <laughs> yeah. about it. And so now the Fluid Project is actually offering this training and development that's all around getting fluid certified. Wow. So it's like the 3.0 of like this unconscious bias training yep. is all about gender and nonconforming and, you know, really embracing the community, giving them tools and techniques and, you know, just how to overcome their fear of yeah. not knowing. And it's not like whether you're Hispanic or African-American right. walk, walking into the room, you really don't know who these people Correct. are. And it's just taking on a whole new shape and form. I love how you're saying it's the next level of unconscious bias. And I think part of what we're trying to do again with this podcast is to raise the consciousness of the dialogue to encourage, like you said, there's an awakening happening, whether it's the impetus was good or bad, we won't judge, but there is a moment now where we need to provide better resources and education around certain topics. So you mentioned they, them, and I think non-binary and transgender is always a topic that people seem to have a love of unconscious bias. One primarily because they don't, know what it is. They don't understand it. They haven't taken the time to research or be open to being educated around it. How do you work with employers to help them wrap their head around what they should be thinking about and making sure that it's not an afterthought? Yeah. Well, good luck with that. It's (laughs) it's always an afterthought. I think that's what keeps us in business. I think like we've really gotten out in the front and we've developed our own voice and place and space where we've been doing it for so long that people now know that there's very few people that are tried and true, trusted, have the credibility, have the proof points to say year over year, this is what we've done in the space. This is how the market share has increased. This is how the audience has expanded. 
And this is how much it's impacted the bottom line. Right. So we're only going up. Yeah. Right? And let me be clear. We started at the way bottom and year every year, as much as I wanted to quit or get off or say, this is not for me, let somebody pick it up from where I left off. The truth of the matter is, is I'm realizing my dream yeah. around having a better place. And what I could say is like, it's just about small steps. It's about building relationships with people. It's about getting into their heart and mind and having them feel like Anything is better than nothing. Right. And there's no blueprint or roadmap for this about how they learn about these communities. And you got to bring them along for the journey. And everything is bespoke. Yeah. Right. So understanding the nuances, the internal politics, the bureaucracy, the who wants it, who doesn't want it. And like, I'm always about like the bigger picture point of view, looking down from above in and then seeing like what they want to accomplish. Like what would a a good KPI be? Not 10 KPIs, one. One. And if one would be that they might like actually take the HRC corporate equality index test and they would see where they are instead of not knowing where they're not. Yep. And I think like these little small steps forward are an opportunity to really continue to make people feel safe to take bigger steps towards more progress. Agreed. Agreed. I think overall people, their intention is to be thoughtful and to be considerate and to be, I would use the word appropriate, right? From a business perspective. But the humanity in us wants us also to make sure people feel safe and they fit, they feel loved and belonged, that they have a sense of belonging. I, I, I'll pivot quickly because I know that, you know, this is about healthcare. And one of the things that I would love from your perspective is, you know, the statistics are very clear that healthcare disparities, we talked a little bit like, you know, I, I'm a black woman. So I walk into a healthcare experience as a black woman, but let's say that I'm non-binary and I go into a situation with my healthcare provider who doesn't even have the aptitude or the documentation for me to note that. Yep. That's problem number one. Yep. Let's say that I'm a black woman, right? But I'm transgender male. Yep. And I walk into a healthcare environment that doesn't even, it only has female and male as an option. How do I even start these conversations when the system that I'm, the construct that I'm walking into doesn't even seem open for me to identify? I don't mean to be redundant and there's no like checking of a box, but I think there's the small step that you take. So I would say in most places, getting that extra box or several boxes on any kind of point of entry form or application or when you're applying for your driver's license or your birth certificate, going all the way back to go forward. And like I I just had this conversation the other day with someone that just left JetBlue Mm. and they had tried for so long like three years worth of time and energy building out a case study for why 
on the name on the name badges of the people that are on the ground or mm-hmm. in the headquarters or on the call centers that their pronouns are reflective of who they are. Right. And again, JetBlue as let's just call it an indie brand of mm-hmm. like the airline industry is progressive in nature. They're forward thinking. They're in, always innovating. And yet this thing about the pronouns it got overrode. They're not doing wow. it and not happening. And what happened was several people from the leadership team left. Wow. So it's becoming more. This mo- just happened? It's recent? It's within the, pa- in the past year. Wow. And the fight to get it through was worked on for three years prior to that. So talking about facts and the truth yeah. about things, not just some ambiguous story that we're yeah. just putting out there about a situation that did or didn't work. And like you have these internal change agents inside a company. Yeah. Very similar to what you're doing and what you're all about. And I think that's why you and partnerships I come together. Yep. Yes. Is that, you know, we have to find our tribes inside and then we have to inspire each other to take leaps forward, to not be afraid for no, because it's going to be no probably a hundred times. More times than it is. Yes. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, we have to arm each other with the tools and the tricks and the tips about your story or what this company did or what that company did that did work yep. and like focus on the positive and not so much on the negative. And I brought up that story about JetBlue because I think people have different perceptions about these individual brands like, oh, that they're progressive or, oh, they're this, but they can't get this forward. And you would think in this day and age that that would be simple so and easy. Simple. Yeah. And it becomes an issue. It comes from the top. It comes from the board of directors. It's like the union, like people are confronted by these communities and they just don't understand they're, they are unwilling to want to learn Mm -hmm. and you know, what resists persists. Yeah. And so we're seeing now like trending everywhere is that there are lots of brands that are opening up their heart, opening up their door and looking for what their first small step could be. Yep. And then there are others that are way far out Leapfrogging. there. Leapfrogging. <laughs> like they have been ahead of it for so long that, you know, we keep using them as our kind of best practices for who's doing it well yeah. and highlighting and sh- showcasing them in a way that they feel like, God, if they could do it, we could do it yeah. too. And Yeah, it's you know, that first step. And we always look for those little click moments where somebody sees that light bulb, yeah. that moment of opportunity where we could just be like, yes, that feeling. Imagine what that would feel like for all your employees if you took the step forward and began an open dialogue that we're considering this. I'm shocked, but I'm not. I think your point is very valid. You have to talk to your employees, especially those employees that are in these communities, because to have and a major exodus at the high level means that there was a need that the within the organization that was not being fulfilled. And so, you know, there's very, in the time where we're rethinking and renegotiating women's rights around abortion, it's very interesting that we can't take a moment to really think about the communities that make up our business and what they need, you know, I, I can't even go down the road of what's going on. I was in D.C. last weekend. It was an amazing event where Hillary Clinton spoke. And 
we were not able to say what was happening because we were all taken aback that we would even, there's so many other new things to discuss. Why are we going backwards and unwinding things that tell women that they're much more than their reproductive system? Yeah. Right. Yes. Anyway. (laughs) So listen, I, we went really fast. Yeah. I want to talk just, if I may, just a little bit about from an employer perspective, yes. what it's like. So I've worked very hard over my kind of history to always hire diverse talent. Yeah. And we all know what's going on in the job market right now yeah. around like this resignation du jour. You just can't find good people. And, you know, we're always looking to offer benefits and have an attractive package for all communities. And, you know, I've always paid a hundred percent of the benefits for my people, but what has happened over the course of these couple of years is not only is the price going up because of the complexity Mm. and the diversity of who my people are, because I want to make sure that I could offer the same benefits to every single person unique. And I have all kinds of people on my teams and right. staff. And to be honest, it's not even something I want to ask. Right. I'm like, we are one size fits all. And right. we have a place for everybody. Right. And the price is rising ever so much, especially for people that are in the midst of transitioning. Correct. And I want to pick that up. We want to empower others to make their offerings, their benefits, like, everything about how a company thinks we want to make it as inclusive as possible. And that doesn't mean that we just change everything we have and we start over from scratch. Again, it's smaller pieces and parts. But when I think about just the healthcare pricing and the information that's available and just tying it back to what matters, like we have to be able to give our people a peace of mind that not only for themselves, but their families or their younger children who also might be part of LGBT, yep. they might be black, they might be autistic on top of all of that already. Yep. And now they're identifying as like they're six and they're going for the dresses. And like, it does happen. I hear yep. the stories all day. And it doesn't mean that the pricing of insurance should keep going up so that we can't offer it. And so as a business owner, we're always compromised about what is real value Mm -hmm. for your people. Mm -hmm. And all I want to do is keep the people that I have and I love them so much. And without them, there would not be me. So I'm not selfishly trying to like retrofit something so I could give them something that they're not entitled to. I think everybody should have the appropriate package and benefits that suits wherever they are in their life, in their journey. And there are so many unknowns out there around where the future is going and what the future of health is. And all I could say is without people like you, evangelizing that women are seen, that diversity, equity, inclusion is embraced at the heart, at the core, like, It takes a small village, but we couldn't do it if we weren't in it together. I think what you just said is so important because what you're talking about is policy change. And it's it's the root of this podcast, right? What we're trying to influence and what we're trying to, in some ways, create a movement around is changing policy at the top. So you don't have to worry about if you have employees that are within the LGBT plus community, if you have transitioning employees their medication should be covered 100% as if I needed to get 
allergy medicine. It should be covered 100%. What you're talking about is so important and why we need more people, not just policymakers, lobbyists, but employers to demand on their plans Hey, this premium shouldn't be shouldn't be regulated to just heterosexual individuals who have, you know, two point three kids and a dog and they live in the suburbs. This is ridiculous. I need a plan that encompasses all the diversity, all the beauty that exists within my employee population, and I need you to find it at a level that isn't that is that is that is equitable for everyone. I don't want a plan where a family may have to pay. more because the composition of that family looks different. It doesn't happen until someone like you says, I, this doesn't work for us. I will not change my mission and vision of recruitment and retaining employees. You need to change your pricing model. You need to change what's the policy that you have now. Why explain to me why this is more. And I think when those questions are asked, people stop and they listen and they change. But if we continue just to go with the flow, which yeah. you and I both do not do very well, no. then nothing will change. Healthcare would continue to say it's okay to not understand when a, a transgender male is transitioning that they also need a breast exam. It's okay to not, you know, like they will continue to say it's okay. We don't have to cover that because they're becoming a male, but they, they were a female and we still need to think about what they were born with that we need to make sure it's not just about reproduction. It's about their health. It's about breast health. It's about mental health. It's about cardiovascular health. We need to make Psychiatric it a, we, health, exactly. Right. It needs to be the comprehensive three, approach yes. times two yeah. because they're transitioning yeah. and we need to help. And I think it's uh-huh. amazing as an employer to hear you say this is what is important to you so that other employers who may have not been awakened to that moment have the confidence to say it too, because it takes the collective voices of employers to make the change happen. And then we see it happen in pharmaceuticals. And then we see it happen at hospitals. And then we see, because you guys pay into the plan. Hello. (laughs) That's how insurance works. You pay into the plan. So your voice is the loudest. It's more, it's louder than mine as the patient, because you are playing into the plan. Like you said, you pay a hundred percent. I do. So you own 100% of the power to make it happen, to make it change. And I guarantee you the plans will change because like you said earlier, the community is growing. These needs are growing. They're not going away. They will, one day we'll look back and it won't be about, oh, we have to make sure we think about it. It's like part of the inclusive plan that we create for everyone. I don't know that I'm going to be on the I planet. hope so. <laughs> I would love to just see it like look yeah. at, and even if it was after the fact, just looking down and being able to know that I, I, I was a part yep. of that movement yep. about making that happen and creating a better place for these young kids who are coming up with a heart and soul of freedom and love and self-expression. And I, I would like to see them rise to the top in a way that we didn't, we might not have had yeah. the opportunity to do so. I think, I don't, I like to, I don't want to say that it's an old African proverb. I think everybody says it's ex proverb, but I do think that what people say it's true. And I hope that you and I both are here because they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want, if you want to go successfully go together, if you want to go at a, it may take you a little longer, but if you want to actually create true change, you have to go with others. 
And I think that's what you're describing, the collective yes. voice, yes. all of us rising together yeah. is, chills. is so much better than just the one of us doing it quickly, right? Because the impact is long lasting when we do it together. And, you know, it doesn't always mean that we're going to rise to the top and we're going to get that policy change made tomorrow, the next day, the next year. But what it does do is it puts pressure on these stakeholders Mm -hmm. in government, in corporate America at the top, like people are going to have to adapt to the ever changing landscape of the new future. The beautiful future, right? The beautiful future. Well, Robin, is there any, I know we had that amazing lasting thought, but is there any one thing, I mean, this, these podcasts go really fast and we can talk for hours because we like to talk especially if there's wine involved. <laughs> but is there anything last that you want to leave with the, with our, with our listeners? Just don't give up, keep believing and we're better together. We're better together. How can people find you Robin? Yes. I'm on LinkedIn at Robin Streisand slash titanium worldwide or the mix myc that's two x's because we're all about love and community i'm on instagram at robin streisand my cell phone is public knowledge so (laughs) i'd love to talk to you if you want to talk to me yes that's great well thank you so much i really appreciate you being on what the health and we'll talk to you next time fantastic thank you joy bye Hi, it's Joy Altamara here, host of What the Health. Thank you for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you like what you heard and you subscribe, spread the word and give us a good rating on Apple, Spotify or whatever you're listening to. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel for video of every episode, plus lots of other useful content. For more information about what EHE Health and Preventive Health are all about, visit us at ehe.health. Until next time, What the Health.